Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I'm one of your hosts. Not so regular of a dude, but a dude nonetheless. I'm Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. That's right, Esquire, the fifth. And my legal style has often been referred to as silent, but deadly. The other fod is going to pass gas one more time. I'm here with Magnum Mills and the Soup Deuce, and we're going to do a lot of stuff on this episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. You're in for a real treat. First, we're going to fill our holes, all right? There's going to be some holes in this house. We'll talk to you about it. We're also going to cover our featured review. Guys, we've been toying with this one for a while. We're finally going to do it. That's right, the 1993 action movie, Last Eight Action Hero. We've got another Arnold on this Jonski. Uh, we haven't done as many Arnolds as we should, honestly. So, uh, But we got Arnold tonight. Regarded as Arnold's first box office bomb. Uh, kind of interesting, but we're going to talk about whether or not it was really that bad or misunderstood i'm excited to be here out there listening you're in for a treat magnum mills i've only got one thing to say to you here rubber baby buggy bumpers ha! you didn't know i'm gonna say that did you uh, no I, I did not i'm magnum mills and uh i guess i can give you two pieces of advice first never ever trust the man who killed mozart or his lawyer two always check out regular dudes watch stuff you can find us wherever you get your pods and on YouTube. Find us on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. And, you know, you might be forgetful. Everybody's busy this day and age. But please don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. This is what helps people find our show. We really appreciate it. It's all we ask. You know, if you had fun, please just give us that thumb. Soup, are you ready to talk about the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger? Gesundheit. Um, yeah, man. Um, let's do it. Let's dive into this, man. You are here watching regular dudes watch stuff. We're kind of regular dudes, man. I'm the soup. I'm drinking PBRs tonight and I'm pounding them at a nice medium pace. So uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We're not fucking around. Let's dive into this fucking thing, man. Nice Adam Sandler reference with the at a medium pace. I see what you were putting down over there. You see that shampoo bottle? Guys, before we use our magical ticket, we need to address the holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. What have you guys been filling your holes with since the last time we hung out? Soup deuce. There's some holes in this house, baby. What do you got? I haven't been doing a whole lot of a, a lot of hole filling. A uh, little bit, a little bit though. A little surprise joint that I randomly ran across. Uh, you know, a few nights back earlier on in the week. Gremlins, not the movies, but Gremlins Secret of the Mogwai. It's a newer animated series. Spielberg directed it or, or produced it or whatever. He's highly involved. Uh, it was actually pretty fucking good, dude. Typically not something I would be totally into, man. Uh, although I do love the uh, Gremlins movies and whatnot. But, you know, it's, it's something you could watch with your kids and shit. But it was pretty fucking good, dude. It kind of caught me off guard. And I liked that. I ripped through the, the entire thing. I think however many episodes are on. I think it's continued. I think that, I don't think it's done yet. I think it's still going on. So uh, worth checking out if you're into that kind of thing, man. It was definitely interesting. Um, you know, another another thing that pops in there, uh, that pops in there always, uh, like I'll watch something on, uh, I'll be watching something on Hulu or, or, you know, and that's usually when this happens. And then whenever that's done, I'll like fall, you know, I'll fall asleep before and then I wake up. And so for some reason, Hulu always goes to the show Letterkenny after I'm done watching with whatever it is, somehow this pops up there next. So I wake up and episodes of Letterkenny are on. At first, I didn't like the show, but now I've seen kind of a lot. And there's at least 10 seasons of this fucking thing, man. 
So uh, the more and more I watch it, the more and more I like it. I got caught up watching a couple uh, earlier this afternoon after I'd watched the, uh, you know, the the most recent Sunny episode and shit because it just came on next. And uh, yeah, the, like I said, Letterkenny is actually pretty solid, man. It takes some getting used to, you know, it's an acquired taste, but uh, but a pretty good one, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching those as well. Nice, dude. I got to say the same thing about Letterkenny. I've got buddies that have tried to get me into it for years. They're like, oh, if you like Trailer Park Boys, you'll like Letterkenny. I was going to say, it always put, I always associated that with Trailer Park Boys. But it's not though. It's I know it's it's not like actually, but it might. Right. But it's, it took me, it took me probably, I don't know why I just hung around with it. Like it has its moments. And then I don't know, by like six, seven, eight episodes, I found myself just like absolutely just weirding on how funny it was for a minute. Like it, it has its moments, man. <laughs> Sweet. Mills, you're up next. Man, I have to just shout out season two of The Bear from FX Hulu. I basically can't say anything without spoiling it except for just saying it is fucking awesome. The worst part of the season, and there's no fucking bad parts. It starts out a little bit slow because it's got a little narrative to w- work to do and everything. But the second half of season two of the bear, you'll see. It's just, it's, yeah, it's all that. It's fucking phenomenal. I uh, saw the first episode of Secret Invasion, the Samuel L. Jackson Marvel joint on Disney+. Plus. Eh, I, I wanted it to be better. I love you, Samuel. But this is what scares me for the Indiana Jones joint. They're leaning like way into like, oh, you're too old for this shit. And that's like every joke. I get it. They're old. Like, don't over pound it. I don't know. You know it's you got to find a happy medium, right? You have to acknowledge, it. yeah, they're too old to be doing this, but you can't bring it up every three minutes, or then it just like really takes the audience out of it. I think. Boy, your usage of overpound it was just way too smooth, man. That just That's that just rolled said. off your tongue. You've had to have said that before. I mean, I may or may not have a uh, trademark ending. I know I've heard that before. <laughs> In the heat of the moment, you hear a lot of things. And I do want to shout out It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Latest episode as we record, this was Frank versus Russia. A lot of people are regarding this as their best episode since at least season 12. So if you haven't, you know, tuned in in a while, check out It's Always Sunny. Uh, Finished up Black Mirror from Netflix. This is season six. Five episodes. I think three were pretty D's. One was like, okay. And one was what I would say is a miss. Uh, one of the episodes I liked is kind of the new, it's a Red Mirror thing they're going to do. Basically, all of Black Mirror to this point is focused on some kind of technology. The Red Mirror joints are going to focus on like magic and shit, for better or worse. Uh, I prefer the technology stuff, but this episode was interesting. I thought it was well done, uh, so I would have interest in seeing some more of those. And then finally, I, I filled uh, multiple holes at the same time and my fingers with the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I have not played a video game in a minute. I was uh, gifted this for my birthday. It's a sequel to Breath of the Wild, which was easily one of my two favorite games of the last decade or so. Uh, it, it seems pretty awesome, and I'm just going to try very hard not to get caught up in it because uh, I, I just I'm getting old, dude. Like the clock goes faster every day. Do not have enough time. Don't even know how I filled the holes this far up. Uh, Jamie G, how are you doing? You got a little quarter fill, half fill. You leveled off. How are you? How are your holes? You know, I I filled. I filled more than I thought I would, and so I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, once you start filling that hole, you just you're kind of inclined to fill it all the way, right? So. Um, and then empty it out and refill it again. So for me, I've been talking about it for a little bit now. There's four seasons. So you guys are going to hear about it every week, um, every time we do this, but Banshee. All right. It's really cool to see our boy Anthony Starr before he was Homelander in the hit 
um, show the boys. Really good work here by his part. Um, fun to see him in kind of a different role. I thought that th this show was kind of kind of got swept under the radar. There was a lot of other shit that was big on at the time. It didn't get the HBO billing. It got the Cinemax billing. So it didn't get all the, the love in the, in, in the promo as, as an HBO show would. But it's really good. I'm, I'm almost through season one. And every episode, I'm like, man, this is action-packed. It's about 55 minutes an episode, but it goes pretty quick. Characters are good. Storyline keeps evolving, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, I really like it so far. Also, shout out World Series of Poker. Been watching some of that. Um, that's been fun. That's going on right now in Vegas. Your boy, Jamie G. Esquire the Fish, should be there, but he's not because he's here with y'all. But next year, he will be there uh, playing in the tournament. Um, shout out to Human Resources Season 2. I really enjoyed um, Big Mouth. Big Mouth was was really fun. Then they kind of did a spinoff here with Human Resources. Some of the same characters, some of the same humor. Wasn't as good as Big Mouth, but I enjoyed it. Season two just dropped on Netflix. Um, saw the first couple episodes. So far, so good. Excited about finishing that. I am still on my journey to finish Seinfeld. Um, I'm in season, the the back end of, of season eight. As everyone knows out there, they they ended in season nine, literally the most popular show on the planet when they ended. Um, it's been a fun ride. Seinfeld's a good one. So that's what I've been filling myself up with as of late. Nice. I haven't, uh, I do this, the series is on, it's still on ESPN or ESPN, it's on the Ocho, maybe the Ocho. Yep. Yep. Definitely check it out, guys. And it looks like the choo-choo hype train has pulled into the station. Is anybody excited for something that's about to drop, man? Hit me up with that hype. I am very excited for the Venture Brothers movie. It's an awkward title. Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart. This is a series I really got into over COVID. Uh, it had seven seasons spanning basically from like 2002 to 2020. So it had been going on forever. It was on Adult Swim. There was supposed to be an eighth and final season that had already been, you know, renewed for. Then it got canceled. So everyone was in an uproar. And then I watched, I'm like, oh, what could the big deal? And I got to the end. I'm like, oh my God, how could they leave us hanging like this? Uh, this is going to be like a two-hour streaming affair released on Max on uh, Friday, July 21st. I am super stoked for this one. If you have not watched any of the Venture Brothers you should. The first season is a little bit different than the rest of the show. It starts off as a weird kind of like, what if Johnny Quest grew up and was weird and awkward because all the shit that happened when he was a kid thing? And then it turns into something else entirely. And it's awesome. I know we're a minute away. Not It's not coming out tomorrow. All right, But we're closer than you think to training camp. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about training camp. And then ultimately, as soon as that happens, it's like we got football news every single day uh, till February. So really excited about it. Um, that's that's the one thing this, this week I got up. I'm like, man, we're, we're almost in July. Like training camp starts kind of, you know, third week of July or whatever. So we're only a few weeks off here. I'm pretty pumped about it. Rock and roll, man. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Something that's on my hype train still, which really should have been in my eye holes tonight, but haven't been able to squeeze it in. And so still sitting there on the hype train, very, very high. Number one on it is the bear, man. I will get to that. I'm also pretty hyped about uh, about the new uh, All Murders in the Building coming out uh, a little bit later this summer, man. I really enjoyed the first season of that, and I had not made it all the way through the second season yet, so this is a good reason for me to find time to, you know, 
get through season two and maybe check out this new season three, man. It's, it, it, it was good, dude. Steve Martin and Martin Short, man, and uh, Selena Gomez, pretty pretty good. A lot of good chemistry between the three of those, man. The story is cool. The premise is definitely cool. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. We'll co-sign that shit. Anybody got any peaked interest in the new Mission Impossible or no? Just curious. I do, but I probably have to. I think they're trying to make it more connected now. So I don't know if I need to go back and watch the last couple, but they've all been generally entertaining. I think they're basically a better version of the Fast and the Furious movies, kind of. Shout out Tom Cruise for doing all those stunts and shit, though. That shit's crazy. I hope that you guys got your popcorn ready because it is time for our featured review. Now, last time Mills pulled some shady shit by using an unapproved trailer to kind of get us all in the game. Shady as shit, but effective nonetheless, because we're going to talk about his pick. It worked. And that is Last Action Hero, starring our guy, Arnold Forever, Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1993. And before we go any further here, let's just briefly lay out how big of Arnold fans we are. We talk about it all the time. Let's just set the record straight. Mills, why don't you start us off by telling us how many times you've bought Predator? How many times have I bought Predator? Definitely, what if I bought a VHS? At least three. I think probably... Fuck, dude, it might be like 10 times, man, because I kept buying all the special, like, when you, because I like owning shit, man, I loved owning albums and CDs and shit, so I would always buy things, I fucking remember, like, buying a fucking copy of The Terminator 2, like, the new special edition DVD with this crazy hard case and shit from Blockbuster for, like, $60, I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me, I already had another copy of the movie, and there wasn't, like, you know, that's how they get you, man, Uh, they got me. Over the years, I have spent a fuck ton of money on Arnold movies, be it at the theater, on DVD, on Blu-ray, on fucking digital, buying fucking soundtracks. I'm still trying to get one of the, if you get the Jack Slater, like the little cardboard cutout standout fucking joint to the movie theater here, I would cop that shit. I'm there for all of it, right there next to my Ford Fairlane joint, so... uh yeah, needless to say, pretty big Arnold fan. You know, I don't have a tattoo or anything, but I'm on like a tier two. So I'm not tier one, but I'm like tier two, way up there. How about y'all, dude? Anyone who's bought Predator ten times, I mean, that's but that buys you a ticket to like to like Ultimate Arnold fandom. But they remastered uh, it for the fifth time, dude. And there's like one new deleted <laughs> scene that's like thirty seconds long from a new angle. It'll be on YouTube in twenty minutes. Uh, such is life. I, I'm I love Arnold. But I'll just I'll just come out and say it. Total Recall is is probably definitely a top ten, possibly a top seven, maybe even top five movie of all time for me. Love Total Recall. Um, everything Arnold did seemed to be great. You know, and you just got to respect the fact that the dude in his time with such an accent. You know, look, man, it just it didn't matter. Like it worked. I don't know. It was just a perfect storm. And uh, all Arnold movies are are great. Maybe not all, but most Arnold movies are great, especially these these action pack ones. So I was super excited when you pulled out some shady shit to win uh, for for Last Action Hero. This 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 one was going to be fun. Absolutely, dude. You know, I mean, uh, I grew up watching Arnold movies and shit, man. I've always been a fan of Arnold. I mean, it's fucking Arnold, dude. I mean, it is what it is. He is what he is, and he's like, and he's he's just always cool, man. He's always cool. He's always fucking. That guy, man, he's fucking Arnold, you know, whatever. Yes, I agree with you. Total Recall is definitely my favorite Arnold movie. Probably follows shortly by, like, The Running Man and then maybe T2 after that. 
Although Commando is fucking badass. So I was like, ah, there's, there's a lot. There's, I don't think we're in the fucking, we're not breaking down rankings of movies right now. But just to let you know, yes, I'm a, I'm a big Arnold fan, have been, you know, primarily the earlier shit, you know, because that's kind of what I grew up watching movies like that and shit, you know, so love it. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, Soup, because before we go into the flick, I just want to get where y'all think this movie stands, Blast Action Hero, compared to other Arnold movies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you another Arnold movie, and you have to tell me if you think it's rated higher or lower than Last Action Hero on IMDb. Again, it's not what you think. It's just whether you think it's rated higher or lower than I on IMDb. So generally, does the public think it's a better or worse movie than Last Action Hero? Jamie G, you're up first. And uh, Terminator 3, is that rated higher or lower than Last Action Hero on IMDb? I know Last Action Hero isn't ranked high. I, at least I don't think it is, just because it didn't have the success that it probably you know, should have or wanted to have, but man, T3 was, oh. I'm going to say it's ranked. I'm going to say T3 is ranked higher. Kindergarten cop. I'm going to say it's ranked higher. Eraser. Ooh. God, dude, I got to go higher again. That's crazy. And Commando. I'm going to say it's ranked lower than Commando. All right. Soup Deucer, on to you. Same thing. You just have to tell me whether you think the movie I say is ranked higher or lower than Last Action Hero on IMDb. First up, Terminator Genesis. Is that ranked higher or lower than Last Action Hero? I'm giving it lower, man. Lower for Terminator Genesis. The Running Man. Higher. Terminator Dark Fate. Lower. And Twins. Higher. The final results here. Holy shit, JBG. You're not going to believe this. You got a zero, dude. What? <laughs> you got three points and you got a zero. Because Last Action Hero is rated 6.5. Terminator 3 is 6.3. Kindergarten Cop is 6.2. Eraser is 6.2. And Commando is 6.7. So wow. Wrong on all of them. Well, Soup wow. was right on everything except for Twins. Oh, no shit. Because Twins was rated lower than last Shout out ago. Twins, dude. I haven't seen Twins. Yeah, see, I think That's... Twins is probably better. That surprised me. But at 6.5, again, Demolition Man was 6.7. So at least according to IMDb, these flicks are kind of on a similar level or in a similar tier. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Let's do this thing. I guess it's time to do Last Action Hero. Directed by John McTiernan. Screenplay by Shane Black and David Arnott. Story by Zach Penn and Adam Leff. Produced by John McTiernan and Steve Roth. Cinematographer Dean Semler. Edited by Richard A. Harris and John Wright. Music by Michael Kamen. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Austin O'Brien, Charles Dance, Bridget Wilson Sampras, and Frank McKay. Release date June 18, 1993. With a budget of $85 million, it made about $50 million bucks at the United States box office. The short plot synopsis is, with the help of a magic ticket, a young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action movie character. All right, I'm going to tell you guys right now, man, first and final warning. 
we're going to talk about Last Action Hero. We're going to talk in detail about this fucking movie. So it's going to be a spoiler, man. We may also bring up other Arnold movies and other shit that happens in various other Arnold movies. So just be warned. Moving forward, full-on spoiler, man. Well, Mills, I think we should just start with why did you pitch Last Action Hero and why did you pitch it so hard that it led to you doing some shady shit and showing us a trailer to basically get our ultimate buy-in? Because uh, it was easy. I didn't have to do hardly any editing. It was just a Hamlet joint with uh, Benedict and uh, Bob's your uncle. We had talked about this a couple of times during Demolition Man, and this is one that has come up multiple times. And I think it's maybe the least popular flick that we've done so far. So I think it's kind of interesting in, in that respect. I'd like to talk about it, you know, think about maybe why we like it, why people didn't, that kind of thing. And uh, it is interesting. I think it was ahead of its time. Let's give our brief overall thoughts on Last Action Hero. And guys, tr try to remember how you felt watching it the first time you saw this way back in the, in the early to mid 90s and compare that to now. To this time we watched it does it hit differently for you is it is it better is it worse G give us the thoughts here mills it's your baby you start us off i can see the seams more now but i remember this one one i saw at the movie theater got it on blockbuster literally got the you know we got the vhs brought it home and i fucking loved it i thought it was great there was really nothing that you know whatever the fuck i was like 12 14 i don't know whatever the fuck age i was back then like it it, it worked for me Watching it here, I can see, yeah, how this is multiple screenplays that are kind of jammed together and everything. But Arnold is charismatic. I think this is one of his, maybe not best performances, but one of the first times he really understood exactly what he was doing and kind of balanced the whole tongue-in-cheek thing, which he did perfectly then in his next movie, which was True Lies. I think this was him kind of just tuning that, uh, you know, that skill in a little bit here. And there's a lot of things that work. It just, again... You don't want to go up against Jurassic Park. It, it had some behind-the-scenes troubles. But overall, I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. Still enjoy it to this day. Maybe it's more of a, you know, so bad it's good kind of thing. But that's more of a, because it was intended to be, like an airplane kind of thing. So I do appreciate it for the spoof that it is. Uh, Jamie G, how about yourself? Well, I mean, when I first saw it the first time, it wasn't what I thought thought it was going to be when I watched it. So I remember kind of being like somewhat confused, like, wait a minute, is it like, what's happening here? Right. Cause it wasn't really billed as a movie inside of a movie. It, it was, it was kind of, you know, it, it, they didn't really do a good job. I think on the pre marketing, you know, kind of previewing of this. So they spent $30 million on marketing and had no idea what to do with it. And you're exactly right. It's fairly amazing. Yeah, it's 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 wild. So for me, I you know, I wasn't as big of a fan of it, it, it the first time I saw it. I liked it, but I kind of like I don't know, I didn't understand it, I guess. I didn't understand what they were going for. Watching it now, it's way better. It's way better. I mean, it's it's improved a lot for me. I thought it was fantastic. You're right. Arnold's really good in this. He pulls it off perfectly. He gets it. I thought the kid, anytime there's like a kid and, you know, for some reason, it seems to work with Arnold. We saw it in Terminator. We see it here. Um, the, the kid actor is really good. I, I just I, I it's maybe it may be 20 minutes too long, but I, I think it's I think it's I, I really enjoyed watching it. it moved up for me. I, I remember the first time. Well, I don't remember specifically the first time I saw the fucking movie because it was a long time ago, man. We're talking 1993 here. I'm like probably what a sophomore in high school, maybe, you know, I'm younger, but this movie was on a lot. 
it was on HBO all the fucking time. So I could see this being like a Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon or something, probably on TV. I've seen this multiple times as as a younger version of myself, and I always like this fucking movie. I have I really don't have too many problems. This movie is exactly what it's supposed to be. I like I like the element of, of a movie inside of a movie inside of a movie and shit, you know, because that hasn't really been touched. Like there, there's a lot to it that I'm that I'm sure we're gonna go into later on. So I don't want to jump ahead of things here. But just an overall quick, uh, yeah, I've always been, uh, I've always been pretty, pretty high up on this movie here, man. Awesome. Well, Last Action Hero came up a few times when we talked about Demolition Man. Mills, you pointed, hinted at that earlier. How do the two compare? I mean, in your opinion, why do you think that Demolition Man is generally held in higher regard? Marketing, probably. I don't think people expected Demolition Man to be very good because of all the behind-the-scenes shit. So when it came out, people were like, oh, this isn't that bad. Whereas Last Action Hero, everyone was expecting it to be another Arnold hit because he had basically, since like Red Sonja, just been a hit maker. I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that contributes to it, but I don't know. I think there was also an element where people were kind of hoping, you know, people like to see a star fail, right? So Arnold, I think, was set up a little bit to fail. Everything conspired against it. Whereas in Demolition Man, I think everyone was pleasantly surprised. And you got the bonus of, you know, prime Wesley Snipes and, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock, who was like just an incredibly pleasant surprise out of nowhere. You know, Last Action Hero is a lot of great cameos and and everything like that. But really, it's maybe only uh, Charles Dance is the only other kind of super charismatic performer that gets a lot of screen time. The the thing with Demolition Man is the futuristic element, I think, resonates with people more so than a movie inside of a movie that wasn't built like that. No one expected it. No one really understood it. Meta wasn't a thing back then. So it's like, you know, people nowadays, that's just a common word in everyone's vocabulary. Take your ass back to 93. No one even knew what it was. So I think that that's really the biggest thing. I think it's just Demolition Man is just more appealing in a lot of ways. I mean, I can't argue that. I think it's pretty much right on that one. However, I do like the surprise factor of going into a movie and being, oh, I had no idea. I didn't see that coming, man. You know, I mean, who doesn't want that, dude? You don't want everything given away. And when you throw a fucking shocker like that in there, man, I think that's even more enticing, you know. So I don't think that was the issue. People weren't ready for it. man. people are always ready for something, dude. Definitely something that they're not expecting. When it comes to fucking entertainment, yeah. They just weren't ready for it with a with a with an Arnold movie. They thought this would be literally an action movie, and it was, but it was inside of an inside, and it just it wasn't billed as that. I think they did a terrible job pre marketing this, and that's really one of the biggest reasons why it, it didn't have the success that it should have. That said, this is regarded as one of the biggest box office bombs um, of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. I mean, it, it, it really is. Facts are facts. Numbers don't lie. It's also his first bob box office bomb since he became a major star i mean at this point arnold was just as mills pointed out a hit machine so what do you think went wrong uh with last action hero definitely too many cooks this started out as a screenplay by shane black that was really a more straight on parody and you know he's done lethal weapon last boy scout stuff like that so he kind of would be a good person to write this kind of thing and then they kept bringing in different people and they wanted to bring depth and, and do all these different things. So I think the story wound up being convoluted. But let's be honest here. It was a movie that didn't know how to market itself because of the 
heavy satire elements, and I don't know if people were ready to accept Arnold as being in on the joke yet. Like I said, I think he pulls it off perfectly. And in the next movie, he does it in uh, True Lies, but that's James Cameron. You see what James fucking Cameron can do. And uh, shout out John McTiernan. I, I love you, but you're not James Cameron when it comes to that kind of thing. You're a great action director, you know, everything like that. Definitely cursed. You know, you don't want a Jurassic Park. It, it is what it is. But uh, the one thing I will point out, and you never want to bag on a kid or anything, but re-watching it now, I think Austin O'Brien's performance as Danny is, it's not bad, but it's just not great. It's not, you know, uh, Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense or something that's like really, you know, regarded as super top tier. Like, for instance, they really wanted Macaulay Culkin. And at that point, I, I think that would at least been more interesting if you're going to focus the movie on the kid. Because I think that's one of the problems too, right? It's an Arnold movie, but he's a secondary character technically. I thought the kid did pretty good. Whatever happened with him? Did he ever do anything else? It, not a lot. I mean, I don't think anything bad. I don't think he went like full, you know, Edward Furlong. But I think we saw like in American History X, like so, like Edward Furlong wasn't a fluke with T two. He did other things. Yeah. And, and the kid, I thought he was great. He he gave it his all. He wasn't bad. He reminded me of, like Jake Lloyd in the uh, the first Star Wars joint. It's it's fine. It's just not. You know, it's it sucks for kids, dude. It's a little bit different the scale they're judged on. And, uh, you know, I think maybe it just wasn't the best entry point for the movie when people are all rubbed up. Like, I think most people would have rather just seen a straight up Jack Slater movie, kind of. I talked about a little bit earlier. I really think it was they didn't market the concept at all. So people were automatically disappointed in it. Had they had they hinted at what this was going to be and marketed a little bit better. I think people would have been excited about it. And then when they, when they were watching it, they would have gotten it and it would have been like, Oh, that's really cool. That's next level. You know, they missed the ability to do that. Um, and part of it. Yeah. Maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time. Like we, like we hinted at, I, I said it earlier, meta wasn't a thing, right? So like we, we just, that this wasn't a thing in 1993 going up against Jurassic park. Absolutely. For those of you that are young, like, and you just know, like, the recent Jurassic Park. Dude, when Jurassic Park came out, it was a big deal, dude. Like, a big, big, big deal. For anyone who was alive back in 1993, like, you remember the show. It was a big deal, dude. So I think that all, all that stuff kind of played a role in it. I didn't realize this, Mills, but during during your research, um, I see that they didn't, they were still filming this a week before the release date. What was happening there? It was just wild. Again, all the different scripts and everything they were trying to work in, they could just never lock it in, and that's wild in an age before digital editing. And this is also notably kind of Arnold's first real foray into PG-13. He'd generally been an R guy, even if it wasn't hard R, it was still R. So that was just another kind of added... Uh, I think this would almost been better if you're going to go up against Jurassic Park. Be different. Be the R movie then and try to take some people away, or, you know, especially people who are maybe going back to see Jurassic Park a second time. And just one really fun fact, and this is a famous one if you ever really watch Howard Stern, you know, Robin on uh, Robin Quivers on Howard Stern. She loved Last Action Hero, hated Jurassic Park. And they have brought this up legitimately like 20 years later. They still give her shit for that take. So shout out, Robin. You had mentioned, uh, you know, that that this was, uh, you know, Arnold's first like PG-13 or his first big PG-13 joint. Because I know he had done movies like Conan and shit like that that were probably PG or whatever, you know, prior to some of his bigger hits, which have all been outrated. Anyway, they do they do make it a point to bring that up during the movie 
where like he writes on a piece of paper, the kid writes on a piece of paper and it says, say this, you know, oh, you can't because it's a PG-13 movie. So they address the fact that that's the, hey, this is an issue, you know, not an issue, but, it, you know, it's a PG-13 movie. It's an Arnold movie, you know, so they they, they definitely noted it. Yeah, well, it's self-aware. And it, like Jamie G said, in a very meta way, I think uh, it was ahead of its time in that way, 100%. We did talk about this movie being viewed as a bomb. Other than having it not come out the week after Jurassic Park was released, what changes would you have made uh, to, to, you know, to Last Action Hero, you know, to make this another hit for Arnold? Any changes that you think could have, could have saved this thing? Practically, I think the one we've already said, delay it two months, give him more time to edit, maybe a couple of reshoots, get it away from the prime of Jurassic Park. I think that's the easy way. Again, second easiest way, go R with it, you know, separate yourself from Jurassic Park. I don't know, man, maybe the, the story structure a little bit because the real world stuff was not my favorite parts, right? Like even when it's like the fireworks factory or whatever, like when you're waiting for uh, Danny to get in the movie, you're like, all right, get in the movie, get in the movie, then get in the movie. And then they get out and after about 10 minutes, you're like, oh, I wonder if they're going to go back in the movie. And it's fine when you get to the premiere and everything, but the real world is so fucking dark and dreary. Like they hammer home that point a little bit too hard, I think. So the movie's just not very fun in the third act. Totally. Uh, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, they have literal death show up. You yeah, know, from yeah. a writer's standpoint, that's pretty fucking heavy handed. I like it. Ian McKellen, shout out, great cameo and everything. I thought that was actually awesome. I remember loving that when I was a kid. But, you know, thinking about it now, it is a little heavy-handed, literally having your main character talk to death about his feelings about dying. Yeah, you know, and that, that'll that that'll take me into what I was going to say about this, man. And, like, the thing about this movie is a lot of it is a parody of an Arnold flick, you know, which is fine because they do such a good job. Blend, I think they did a good job blending that in with making it that's what it is, letting you be known that's what it is. And there is this other real world out there. And then when, when that happens that there's a major change, you know, and you see those changes. Uh, could that have done a little bit better as far as the little fucking whatnots? You know, maybe not. I kind of like it. You know, you go to, you don't always punch through glass, you know, cars don't blow up when you shoot them one time. Well, know, I those... actually love that part of it. The the actual, like, uh, kind of like parody satire elements. Love yeah. that. I'm just saying maybe what if the movie had opened up like it was like Jack Slater four, and then Danny just gets dropped in and you don't really have any intro. So, you know what I mean? Maybe you change okay. the point of view so it's more from Jack's point of view. And then he's like, oh, shit, what is this kid? So that way, when you get to the real world, you know, you're kind of like really fucked up. You don't really well, know, you know what's what, real. You know what the beginning of this movie really kind of reminded me of, man? It definitely it definitely has a, I don't want to call it a mirror image, but a, but a relation here is uh, the ne uh, the never-ending story. The beginning of the never-ending story, you're waiting and waiting for this kid to get into the book. He gets into the book. And that is that world now, you know, and it, it was it was similar to that for me. And I remember thinking that uh, as a younger me, too. And when I rewatched it this time, I was like, oh, yeah, there is that comparison, you know, to uh, to the never ending story with the with that aspect of it. Yeah. The only other note I had is what if they had jumped from movie to movie instead of going to the real world? You know how Benedict was like going into the movies What yeah. if they had like gotten the other half of the ticket and then chased him into different movies. Like what if you went into the yeah. Terminator movie where Stallone was the Terminator and you yeah. saw just a little piece of that? How fucking cool would that have been? Yeah, you can go. Yeah. Or like how they did in what was it like stay tuned or whatever. Yeah, or exactly. Kind of that similar concept like where they're chasing each other a little bit from movie to movie. And then you have the final showdown in a my exact note was you do it on the set of uh, True Lies because that was Arnold's next movie. 
So then, like, you actually have the actual fight with, like, James Cameron there and everything. Like, what the fuck? Like, have it spill out into real life or something like that? If you were going to go meta, go, like, full meta, right? Yeah, yeah. That that might have been tough to pull off back then. It, it would have been a really cool Oh, totally. Way. But it would have been fucking super cool, kind of. Or even what if they just marketed the movie as Jack Slater 4? No last action hero. like, And then you get in there and you don't know until it's happened. And you're like, what the fuck's this? Kind of like what happened with From Dusk Till Dawn, man. If you don't know, you go in there and you're like, oh, fuck, this is that kind of movie, man. You know? But yeah. Yeah, it's like last, but uh, the only note I can give is that uh, the dude, Nick, you know, the theater owner guy, in the original script, he was supposed to be the devil. So that's how shit was working. It wasn't like Houdini's magic ticket, like it was some kind of deal with the devil thing. Ah, yeah. So that might have added like a, another little layer again, the thing, all the scripts getting, you know, mashed together and shit. Guys, it's it's easy to break last, last Action Hero down into three sections, um, three acts, if you will. You know, first, we've got all the stuff before Danny goes into Jack Slater 4. Any highlights for you guys of the uh, the opening act here? Mostly Jack Slater 3. I thought that yeah. was really cool, the way they opened on it, and then the way it cuts out. And then just going around this decrepit theater, and you get the idea, the way especially Nick talks about it later, this was like a palace back in the day right like everybody came here it was the place to be and now you just have like restrooms spray painted on the walls you know people are working they don't give a shit nick's falling asleep so i thought it was an interesting you know show of urban decay and you know obviously you know how did this happen with danny that's one thing i would have liked to know too like it's a good run of the place for you know a young kid yeah for sure that's one thing i was going to particularly know was how fucking sick that movie theater is dude even in its fucking, you know, dilapidated state that it's in right now, it's fucking badass. Imagine that thing in its prime, dude. Oh, it's a historical structure, I'd imagine. You looking at it with the multiple, you know, balconies and everything like that, it's amazing. The building right. alone, the land alone should be worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars. So Nick should actually be okay there. Well, you don't know if he owns it or not. They give you the impression he does, but they never say he does. It makes more sense if he's actually the devil, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have. I definitely got to touch on the Hamlet bit. I showed it in the trailer when we were doing this. That was one of the cooler parts of the movie for me when I was younger. Seeing that bit when he falls asleep in class and pictures Arnold as, uh, you know, in Hamlet. Yeah, hey, Claudius. Sets up the, the big mistake thing. I always thought that was uh, really great. And, you know, it sets up the whole thing with his mom, you know, his dad died, the Houdini, all that stuff. But, you know, mostly the Hamlet scene, because that was fucking awesome. Yeah, very cool. No doubt. Screenwriters, you did fuck up a little bit. You did the whole thing with Danny having to get uh, robbed and everything, just so he'd get that handcuff key. That's where you could have cut out five minutes of the movie. Which I think at two hours and this that's is probably five minutes right long. there. They could have lost that whole bit and just be like, "Oh, he finds a handcuff key on Jack's floor, like under the rug of his car." Would you have even blinked? No. Boom! Five minutes right there. That's yeah. the kind of shit they could have used extra time for. And you don't think that that uh, the, that they confiscated the handcuff key when they fucking uh, right after they throw it in the toilet and everything, like and they give it back to him. But that's what it. That's how it works. So uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, not my favorite bit of the writing. Well, guys, whether or not you like the movie The Last Action Hero, the soundtrack is another 90s banger. Let's do a little soup on soundtracks. Soup, there wasn't a breakout single that hit big. 
But this is pretty interesting group of artists. I mean, you got to like the soundtrack, right? Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. Um, there was a track on there that hit big, and it was Two Steps Behind by Def Leppard, and that's what catapulted this fucking album into the fucking top of the Billboard charts, man. So, uh, you know, combination of that and just being a good fucking rock album from the early 90s, dude. It was full of ACDC who wrote a song for the soundtrack, man. And you had a, you had a couple of fucking tracks from early Alice in, Alice in Chains on there, man. Pretty fucking badass. A little bit of Cypress Hill in there. I mean, it was it was just a good fucking action movie soundtrack, man. But what pushed it over the edge was the uh, was a highly highly played uh, track by Def Leppard. So nice, dude. I forgot, dude. I forgot about "Cock the Hammer" by Cypress, dude. Cock the hammer in. That was a good one. One thing I want to point out is they explicitly show when Danny is in Arnold's car, he's playing the tunes, and it's got diegetic music. So you can hear it when he you know switches. Arnold's using a mini disc player. This is a technology that did not catch on. It was pretty awesome. Definitely better than cassette, better than recordable CD, but definitely not as good as, you know, MP3 in digital music. So I'm saying maybe this whole thing, the reason this flick failed, because the industry was like, yo, we're taking mini disc down. It was on some Betamax shit. Just saying. Jack Slater rocked a fucking mini disc, yo. Guys, the, the second act of the film is when Danny enters the world of Jack Slater 4 and becomes Jack's partner as he attempts to avenge the death of his favorite second cousin, Frank. There's a lot going on here. Where do you guys want to start? The fact that Jack Slater has one outfit and there's always a guy hiding in his closet that he just shoots. Jeez, how'd you know there was a guy in there? There's always a guy in there. Cost me a fortune closet doors. That little shit, that's what I love about this movie. That stupid fucking line. And then when he opens his closet, you see all of the same shit. And just a row of guns. Like, we would keep socks. They're just fully loaded just guns. Like, desert eagles. Yeah. Like that. And that pays off later when uh, his daughter brings him, like, oh, you know, just shows up to bring him the clothes. I heard you were here. I thought you could use some clothes. Thanks, honey. Wait a minute. No one finds this a little convenient? Hey, kid. You always said this is a movie, didn't you? I love the little meta touches like that. You know, when he's like, oh, when Danny's early on, oh, scene change. You see Arnold change the, the, you know, the music and the music changes, all that kind of stuff I thought was great. And I wish they would have leaned into it a little more. You know, the animated uh, cop Danny DeVito's character just walking into the uh, police precinct, all that shit is cool for me. Look out there, this is Cartoon Cat. He's supposed to be back on duty. He was only suspended for a month. Now shut up. Listen to what I'm saying. An animated cat just walked into the squad room. Hello? He'll do it again tomorrow, so what's your point? That cat is one of the best men I got. Well, here's what I'll say about that, man. Not that I don't like that, but I do think that a lot of this was really trying to, you know, a lot of it's unbelievable, and it's supposed to be that way because it's supposed to be, hey, we're in a movie. But I think pushing the edge and bringing animation into it also. And it's only the one animated character. So it's not like we're in fucking Toontown here, man. So having that one, I think, threw it off a little bit. Same thing with bringing death in at the end. You know, I mean, like things like that probably weren't necessary. And it might have just pushed that unreal aspect a little bit over the edge. Yeah. Kind of like having uh, Sharon Stone as their basic instinct character. And then Robert Patrick is his T2 character. Like that yeah. makes it more naked gun, right? Naked gun, airplane, like straight on parody, I feel, as opposed right. to more of a satire. Yeah. 
They couldn't. It's like they couldn't. Uh, it's almost like they couldn't decide which way they want to go. metaphor, with. mixing the tones, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. And here you are without your gun. That's pretty ironic, huh? No, Pam. Once again, you're confusing the word ironic with you are an idiot. What's ironic is that every other store we drive by is a gun shop. Oh. Okay. So then, what's satire? Nobody really knows. Hang on. But I mean, I mean, really good, right? I mean, this is my favorite part of the movie really the whole car chase with arnold was great right because they do a little bit of the t2 thing the throwing of the dynamite and the dudes in like the random like 1950s pickup truck joint i thought all of that shit was uh really cool and and well done i really enjoyed that entire part of it well and you get you get kind of that classic arnold here a little bit with the cigar you know the light and the, the those those you know and the quintessential arnold cigar he's always got the same type of cigars it's lighting that baby with the with the dynamite so i thought that was kind of cool but you also this is the first time other than him going into the movie the first time you realize like oh whoa that's completely far-fetched no one can do a no one can can make a car go completely on its side and drive like that right i mean but it was kind of like so again it kind of takes it kind of hits you all at once here. You're like, whoa, what is going on here? I think that's part of why maybe it had some of the problems that it did. But, you know, going back and watching it the second time, I picked up on it a lot quicker than I did when I watched it in the 90s. And I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Well, dude, they leaned into certain shit like that, like with the driving and whatnot. Anytime he's driving, you'll see in the background or shit, like just cars like fucking fucking up and shit and you know it's like peeling out and yeah, that's intentional they said like they did like there's 200 intentional gaffes 200 plus where they like they try to make it look like all the shit danny would call out there yeah, you know that's cool that's an attention to detail that that that, that was that worked for me at least in in this movie and there's a bunch of them man yeah and you know the whole uh two days till retirement thing i thought was great and even hear the little lethal weapon sacks in the background after <laughs> the the dude dies Obviously, we love uh Benedict, but before we get to him, just shout out Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator. I would at least been semi interested to see that movie, but that whole scene at the blockbuster, if you were it only works, I think, if you were of the age where you actually went to a blockbuster. But if you did, I would say that's easily the coolest blockbuster you could ever have gone to. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, no question, dude. Um, speaking of which, man, let's go ahead and just add, let's go ahead and throw one thing out there, man. If still if it was an alternate universe and Stallone played Terminator or whatever, man, how do you feel about Arnold being in Demolition Man and playing John Spartan? I think that would work even with it. even with Wesley Snipes. Uh, I don't even know if you'd have to change it, but if you wanted double bonus points, change Wesley Snipes to Carl Weathers and do it like bring him back around from Predator. Yeah, well, if you're gonna go Carl Weathers, how about Arnold as Rocky? I mean, I don't know if it would have worked because he wouldn't have been able to do the Russian thing and like and do and be like American because he's not American. But yeah, yeah, they just need to remake Rocky Four specifically. You just have Arnold versus Dolph, but have Arnold just be from USA and never explain the accent. I think that'd be fun. Uh, you know, speaking of the accent, how about our man Charles Dance, dude? Tywin Lannister. You have to say this is up there. You know, maybe it's not Brother Muncie from uh, the Golden Child or whatever. This is a pretty iconic Charles Dance role. That opening joint where he shoots the you know the little target next to uh, Frank's head, and then you see the, the long ass gun. He puts it down. He lowers the sunglasses. And he's got the glass eye. That was cool as hell. I remember that the first time I saw that. I, you know, I was uh, I was all capped up as a kid on that. His character right away is like you know it's like this is going to be 
this is going to be a, he's so smooth right it's like he could be like the big bad in a james bond movie like didn't he make you feel that way kind of like i, I thought i don't know i thought it was really cool and intimidating but in his own way it yeah, was yeah. a satire thing he was aware he was the james bond like you know assassin guy who knew he was better than his boss but he wasn't afraid to say it that was the yeah. part of the thing that worked so well was that over the top kind of satire for me he was like in a, a you know a great bond villain's henchman but with self-awareness well he even had shorts and he had short stack too right didn't he or uh yeah he picked uh, him up and uh, yeah. out, uh, he's also sub-zero in uh the running man he used to be a wrestler uh was in a bunch of things i'm j- i'm just going back to to goldeneye n64 um no he's not he odd was... job if that's what you're looking for it's yeah he's odd job that's he's not, was, the, that's he's not the same guy who played odd job and dude if you played goldeneye n64 you should know there's a no odd job role Dude, it's dude. you can't beat our job. No odd job, dude. Have you no odd job rule? It's unbeatable, dude. And uh, Benedict, I think Charles Dance was great, but there were some other options to play him. They included Alan Rickman, Tim Curry, Timothy Dalton, and William Atherton. He's probably the one you know the least. He was the dude who was like the uh, dickhead reporter in the Die Hard movies, which were also directed by uh, John McTiernan. Obviously, we know and love Tim Kiernan. Alan Rickman was uh, fucking Hans Gruber in Die Hard. And then Timothy Dalton, been in a bunch of stuff, but, you know, was Bond for a minute there. Tim Curry would have been fun. I I, I, I think he could have did this. I think he would have been pretty cool, actually. I think that would have been more of a co- over-the-top comedy performance, probably, right? Which I think would have helped us. I think Tim Curry would have been great, but it would have taken it to it. It would have been a different movie at that point. I think that uh, I, I think that Alan Rickman, of course, would have been fucking phenomenal. But I would have liked to seen somebody not on the list, man. Um, I would have liked to see a little Liam Neeson in there, dude. I could see him doing that. Liam Neeson's dude. Ooh, youngish Neeson. That's like thirty yeah. years ago. He would yeah. have the accent too. That's nice. That's a good one, man. That's a that's spot on. Or maybe like a young Clive Owen or something. If you're gonna go with like a random like a like uh, British type dude or something like that, I like that dude. That's a good call. Uh, I guess the only other thing we haven't really talked about is a uh, shout out to uh, Whitney Bridget Sampras Wilson, who we know from Billy Madison as well. And then uh, she married Pete Sampras. So we love you. That was great. Billy Madison. I was trying to figure out what that one was. Damn it. Yeah, she's uh, super hot and legitimately married. A lot of tennis players, Brooklyn Decker, like dude, tennis players. I should have been a tennis player, dude. They uh, they they do well in the dating department. And then the other thing really in the, the main part of the movie here is the whole sequence with Leo, the farts funeral. Uh, like this is, again, is the satire too much here with the guy <laughs> with the fart and you pull his finger to light the bomb. It, it's obviously tongue in cheek, but it's like, it like the tongue buried too far in the cheek or that, that whole thing right there is definitely Austin powers esque. Kind yeah, of that's heavy set. I mean, that's parody. It's not even satire anymore. That's parody. I think of that. Movie. Yeah. Again, I think this movie just had a little bit of an identity crisis where they d- didn't know who it was, and at times they they needed to just go all the way in with it instead of kind of going in, coming back out, going in, coming back out. They needed to just go all the way in. I like that. Though, man. You like the in and out? Yeah. You usually need to keep repeating that until you really get something that works, but. <laughs> I would say that this is a movie that probably needed to find itself in the editing room in trying to release when you were still shooting 10 days out is just insane again, especially this is before digital. They were shooting, they were literally shipping wet shit. They were probably shipping wet prints because 
you just can't be up against the grind like that. And there were a lot of deleted scenes that were shown in commercials and trailers and that kind of thing. So I think there is, you know, probably another movie they could have found here. But I did a shout out to F. Murray Abraham, who shows up as a John Practice. That whole bit worked for me. And then Danny DeVito saving the day. And I remember as a kid, again, the whole kind of fart joke with the big fart bubble in the, the tar pit being kind of funny and then the fact that arnold just wipes the tar off his face and that's maybe danny's best line delivery when he's like you know tar actually sticks to some people i might have some problems with his performance that was fucking great because arnold just casually paper towel just tar just tar does stick hot to some tar hot tar people used to get tar and feathered back in the day man imagine that shit dude that's some fucking fucked up shit dude but anyway man you know i mean regardless of the tar or the feathers, fucking uh, damn it! I had something I fucking lost it. That's good soup. It's all good, and just remember, this is all because you know somebody dared fuck with Jack Slater's second cousin, Frank. That's what you gotta do when you get to the fourth sequel. That was a nice little call out, you know, because back in the day, this time it's personal. Decent fart jokes. We're not talking like the level of like a dick joke in the Silicon Valley finale, but uh. You know, above average fart jokes. If you're gonna name a dude Leo the fart, you gotta pay it off. And I think they at least no, worked hard for it. Him. And you know what that means, don't you? Uh huh. Leo the fart is gonna pass gas one more time. They worked hard, and I guess they really had to pull the finger. There was no other way to do it. I mean, if you if that's cool that it started the little watch timer and everything. You know, this is back three whatnot. It was uh overall, you know, kind of. If they redid this, could they do a little a little dentist with the the anal beads and then you know have it controlled on the <laughs> cut that out because that's a spoiler to the new song. Oh, no, and they they definitely lampshaded the shit with Danny a little bit when he tries to like point the gun at the dude in the crane and be like, help me, and the dude just runs away and then he's like, well, I guess I gotta figure this out myself. You know, that was definitely a little uh you know, Anakin Skywalker episode one or whatever, just a little over the top. Okay. Like they knew, you know. Again, the tone changes a little bit throughout the flick. That's what Starlow's with. We shouted out Frank McRae as Lieutenant Decker. I mean, he is great. But is he the best kind of angry cop boss, captain, lieutenant, what have you? You stripped the bread out of the cut, toes like a take from you. I got the California Ranger, Captain Dunn, all me a bunch of the Dara and Frank, doing all me a bunch of in my first assignment. Tiny Timber stepped on to the toilet. So what? You ball peen, Jack Aminas. I'll strip the bread out of the cut, second toes like a take from you. You know, you took a man in the marriage, which you better get in the business, down the beach, go down the beach. You know, you take the chicken, look at the Well, see if this is clear enough. Give me your badge. And this time, you won't get it back. We saw this trope a lot in the 80s and 90s flicks. Uh, can any of y'all think of maybe a better scene or one that can go toe-to-toe with Lieutenant Decker here? Personally, I have one of Danny Glover and his captain from Predator 2 that is just fucking awesome. Don't start with me, Mike. Oh, I just... Heinemann's already been up my ass so far. I won't be able to sit down for a week. We're not winning this war. As much as it's going to piss you off, you're going to have to play the game on this one. Effective immediately. Federal task force under the direction of Special Agent Peter Keyes will be investigating criminal activities involving the trafficking and distribution of controlled substances. And you will extend him your full cooperation. Which means you're cutting off my dick and shoving it up my ass. God damn it, Mike. The feds are calling the shots on this. My hands are tied. Anybody else got, you know, a favorite captain chewing someone out scene? Well, I mean, dude, you know, the the couple that come to mind are obviously Axel Foley 
Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, that's that all of them. Hey, boss, I know what you're going to say, but... You I'm mind telling me where the fuck you come off going undercover without authorization from me? What the fuck is this all about? You want to play some fucking bullshit cowboy cop? Go do it in somebody else's precinct. Hey, Axel, I'm not taking any more of this shit from you. How much this little stunt of yours going to cost this city? I don't think cost is the issue here, sir. I think the issue should be my blatant disregard for proper procedure. You damn right, wise ass. The mayor called the chief, the chief called the deputy chief, the deputy chief just chewed my ass out. You see, I don't have any bit of it left, don't you? Listen, Axel, no more of these setups, you understand? You're a good cop, and you got great potential, but you don't know every fucking thing. And I'm tired of taking the heat for your ass. One more time, you're out on the street. Do you understand me? Boss, let me tell you. Do you understand me? Uh, but I really, I wanted to give a shout out to Action Jackson, dude. I, I pitched that a long time ago before we did Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I pitched it on silver screen over on the Joe Blow football show. Everyone shitted on me for it. Um, I own the DVD. Dude, go check out Action Jackson. Carl Weathers joint, really good. Cinnamon engraved invitation. Look, kids, you come on down here. Join us at City Jail. Dress casual, RSVP. You know, tell that boy's arm off. So, he had a spare. Sergeant, I'm not sure I'm getting through to you. The Devil Plane case not only cost you your lieutenant stripes, but it also cost you your gun permit, your marriage, and brought this department the kind of publicity we can gladly do without. The public does not appreciate charges of police brutality substantiated or not. I'm not asking you to go there to brown-nosed Peter Delaplane. I just need to be sure your Action Jackson days are far behind you. Then we can see about getting those lieutenant stripes back. So there were a fucking lots of these uh, type scenes back in the day, man. You know, in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, there, there, there's the lethal weapons. There's there's so many just different random ones, man, that you could, that you could fucking point out. But I am going to lean into uh, to, to going with my favorites here, one of them being in The Last Boy This Scout. is a police matter, you dumb son of a bitch. And I'm sick and tired of sweeping up your dead bodies. Now, the next time I see your ugly mug, I'm going to put a bullet in it. You got it? I'm gonna go ahead and 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 uh, you know revisit what uh, what Jamie G said about Axel Foley and Inspector Todd over there in Beverly Hills Cop because one of my favorite quotes, if I'm gonna break it down from any of these fucking chew outs from your fucking police official or whatever in one of these movies is one of these. But the best quote man is when he says, "Don't think Axel, it makes my dick itch." Do you smell it? Cause I smell it. All I smell is your bullshit. For six months, I've been pouring money down a bottomless hole. Where the bad guys at the end of this rainbow? Wait a second. Look, I just thought that if there was a problem... Don't think, Axel! It makes my dick itch! The truth is, this apartment's fronted you a fortune. And my ass is on the line. I okayed all this shit. It's been out of my fucking mind to keep letting you talk me into this shit. But I can't pull out till I get some kind of bust or my career is finished. But I promise you... I won't go down alone. And I love that every time one of these dudes goes on a rant, they always say the most ridiculous shit. Like, they just string together words of ridiculous shit that is fucking hilarious. Damn. We need to see more of that these days. There's not that much of that anymore. Let's bring that back. I love this trope. And, uh, yeah, I'm committing to uh, at least pitching one of the Beverly Hills top movies uh, between now and then. 
And also want to shout out quite random, but uh, Glenn Howerton doing Dennis Reynolds, doing CCH Pounder, doing her character on The Shield. CCH Pounder. Yeah, the actress from The Shield. Love that show. Okay, yeah, no, I can do that. Yeah, let's see. God damn it, bitch! What other errands do you have us running for the DA? Whoa! <laughs> that is just all the best. And, you know, I don't know if I can ask y'all to do like police captain rants I, I tried to write one did anybody else write one or should i just try yeah one there i'll go first and then uh go after me i'm just going to address it to jack slater because that seemed easiest listen jack if i wanted to get fucked i'd call my ex-wife's lawyer shit you're worse than she is god damn it do you think i want to drink four bottles of pepto-bismol a day you're sending me to an early grave, and I'm not eligible to retire for another 10 years. If I got to deal with 10 more years of your bullshit, I'm going to kill you myself. God damn it. This is the last time, Jack, the last time. You pull this shit again, and I'm going to tell the feds about your secret napalm stash. Yeah, I know about that. Shit, that'd be perfect. Send you to jail. Make you somebody else's problem. Fuck around and find out, Jack. Fuck around and find out. Now get the fuck out of my office and file those goddamn insurance claims. Jamie G. He found out. I love it. All right, so I'm up next. Um, so here's what I got. God damn it, Slater. I got City Hall so far up my ass. They're telling me what I had for breakfast. The goddamn asshats of this city are so fed up with your cocksucking bullshit. You stop fucking up or I'm going to fuck you so hard you won't walk for a year. Now get the fuck out of my office, you piece of shit. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um I got one more I had a little more fun with. Or you got one super? Uh, no, nah, I don't know if I can compete with that, man. Let me... <laughs> right, let, me, uh, let me try one more. God damn it, Jack. I don't even know why I bother yelling at you. You're like a fucking beaver building a dam. A goddamn woodchuck chucking wood. You need to get your shit the hell together. Or I'm going to chuck your ass right out of this department. Is UPS hiring? How the fuck should I know? That sounds like a you problem. Matter of fact, my only fucking problem is you. If you pull this goddamn shit one more fucking time, I'm going to get so far up your ass, the next time I take a shit, it's going to come out of your mouth. Get the fuck out of my office and don't come back until you have enough evidence to arrest the son of a bitch. Nice, dude. That's a good one. Forward, man. <laughs> hey, man. You know, maybe it, this is know. too fun, dude. I could just do this. This is just yeah. We maybe we'll this do an episode whole skit do. show. Just captain, police captain yells at people. This could just be a whole skit show. It it should be. And guys, we know that Arnold is a man, but he's not the dude. Because only the dude is the dude, and only the question is, does he abide? This is Six Degrees of Lebowski, where we connect our featured review to the Big Lebowski in six degrees or less. Ah, thankfully, this was a pretty easy one, thanks to our guy, Frank Reynolds, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito plays Whiskers here. He played Booth in Marilyn Hawks Ballroom Dancing and Charm School, where John Goodman played Steve Mills. And John Goodman is Walter in The Big Lebowski. So easy peasy lemon squeezy. Love the easy lift. I'm going to take a little dreasy. You earned it, pal. That brings us to our final act. Benedict and his henchmen escape to the real world, and Danny and Jack follow them. Jack is a big-time fish out of water here, and he's got to try to stop Benedict from recruiting villains from other movies to kill the real Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thoughts on the final act and the and the climax of this movie? Did it get weird? Did it get confusing? Was it too much, or did you like it? Was it just right? 
I think Soup pointed this up before all the shit where he'd like punch a car, car window and be like, oh, that shit hurt. Where he shoots the cab and then he gets mad because it doesn't blow up. Like playing chicken, like going up to the roof to like see people and shit. I thought all the uh, the heavy satire shit did work pretty well here. Yeah, I mean, shit just doesn't work out. I think they took a little bit too long. I mean, obviously, you need to make that transition and spend a little bit of time on some of the particulars and whatnot. I think they spent a little bit too much time on it. Um, it probably could have been shortened a little bit, but uh, you know, they went pretty far here. Like we talked about it earlier with death showing up. And to Mill's point, it was so dark and dreary and raining. It was it was like, am I watching the crow? Like when they got into the real world, it was like literally looked like the crow. It just it can't rain always. But you know, you're talking about doing the whole. Uh, all right, I was just talking about the initial breakdown there, or the initial breakthrough into the real world thing there. But yeah, if you're if you're going all all about the entire Act Three here, man, you know, yeah. But I think that I think the ambiance there was intentional because for one, they're trying to make a transition from California to New York City. You know, and yeah, they want to make it a little bit uh, more dreary and dark because, like, you know, in the real world, the bad guy can win. I understand the contrast and like, I just think they went a little, it just wasn't as fun. I wanted to go back into the movie. So I think that that's probably why this this final act was probably my least favorite of all three um, of, the, of the acts. But I just, I think that they, you know, it, it just wasn't as fun to watch. It got really dark, really dreary, literally and metaphorically. Not not shitting on it, but probably my least favorite act of the three. This is the part that felt a little bit tacked on, probably. I did like all of the kind of interesting shit at the premiere when you see kind of the various times people mistake Jack Slater for Arnold and uh, Tom Noonan uh, showing up as the Ripper. Love him and everything. Always a, a very interesting dude. I thought conceptually it was pretty interesting. They just didn't really execute it well. And again, another intentional gap here, even in the real world, it's never raining at the premiere until they get on the roof and then it just starts raining again because it was raining during Jack Slater 3, I'm assuming. That kind of little shit, I, I definitely did enjoy. Again, this is where it feels like something was lost on the editing room floor, or at least in, from the writing standpoint, about Danny's father, who died of cancer, apparently, but we don't really know about it. So that's why he's tried to you know, adopt Jack Slater as his father figure. And you get that you know, the one scene or two with Arnold and uh, Danny's mom, which I thought was really cool. And the, the whole idea it made the Mozart joke pe- uh, come back around. What's that? Mozart. The guy practice killed? That's right, Jack. You like classical music? I don't know. I think I will. So there was wow. some subtle good writing and everything, but it was definitely, you know, they made it too obvious to be like, you know, uh, movie world is bright and sunny in California and this world is dark and dreary. Although shout out the bit where uh, Benedict shot the guy, you know, just to see what would happen. Hello? I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. I said I have murdered a man and I want to confess. Hey, shut up down there. Like he had no concept of like that level of crime, apparently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like fish out of water kind of shit. But see, like this reminds me of something like the argument. One of the arguments here was it was cooler when the, when the movie was like 
in the fucking movie as opposed to being in real life. But now that brings me back to thinking about something like, okay, well, let's say in Back to the Future 2, is it cooler when they're in the future or in the present time, you know? With Back to the Future, you knew what it was. It's a totally different movie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's, that's the cooler part of it, right? there's necessarily anything wrong with this part except for they had to build towards the conclusion you would so it kind of undercut some of the satire from before because they go for the complete like happy melancholy ending maybe you had to undercut it to to make it fit with the rest again i think it's just the tone like tonally the, the different parts of the movie there's a lot of interesting different parts a lot of good things but it doesn't quite interlock into an entire whole maybe in the way that demolition man managed to do despite kind of similar problems although i'm not sure if i like this better or not the demolition man we might have to ask that at some point yeah maybe we will but one thing we do have to talk about is we have not given enough love to benedict's glass eye i mean his eye game was on another level do you guys got a favorite and if you had a glass eye what would you literally be filling your eye hole with i mean bullseye's got to be the top joint right dude for me it was the smiley face the have a nice day. I really like that one because there was so much white that it just like popped out. It was, it was pretty wild. How about full Terminator eye, dude? Just like an actual like the red laser eye joint. Dude, I would man, I would have to have a whole bunch of them. I'd have to have a collection. That's whatever. what I'm saying. You change it all the time if you could, yeah. right? Like you uh, might as well embrace that shit. He yeah. did. Sometimes I might want like a, you know, a tie-dye eye. Tie-dye eye might be cool as fuck, dude, you know? Oh, Yo, I'm the one that does one of them little whirly, swirly jones that like, you can hypnotize people with and shit. Yeah, you just yeah, like lower your eye, hypnotize people. Original fucking things, yeah, man. That you know, maybe one, maybe one with a dick and balls on it, you know, or a big fucking. Well, that's right where you. That's we see where your mind goes to, dude. You know what I would like is the Matrix. You want to put a dick in your eye? The, the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to fill that hole. I mean, he's always trying to fill his hole. You got to give him credit for that. Uh, dude, the Matrix, the green, like the green, like thing from the Matrix, that would be really cool on an eye, dude. That would be really cool on an eye. <laughs> Arnold's talked about it. Like he said, he was uh, down to do a sequel for this and True Lies. True Lies isn't going to happen because James Cameron's doing like 98 million fucking Avatar sequels or what have you. Would you have any interest in some sort of last action hero sequel or you know if not a prequel spin-off reboot that kind of thing probably not reboot so let's just say a prequel sequel spin-off as long as arnold's in it yes yeah i i don't know man i think this i think maybe this one needs to be left alone where it is man you know how about animated adventures of Jack Slater that are just set in this world and it's just kind of arnold and it goes on like some rated r hbo type animated adventures I can get into that, but I, want, but I want Jack Slater to be live action, just like the one cat was the only cartoon on him <laughs> in person. And every, like Roger Rabbit and everything else is cartoon, except for fucking, except for Arnold. He's, he's Jack Slater and he's the fucking only human dude. And he's got to deal with that world of the fucking, you know, of the tunes. Uh, and, uh, as far as who's running Max right now, you're not going to get that. How about Arnold just does the thing like that in the first couple seasons of South Park where they live action, like read like uh, intermission shit and stories or whatever. That might be as good as you get. Could happen. Anything else here before we do a sponge check? 
all I can say is that if you're not watching The Last Action Hero, you should. And if you're not checking out regular dudes watch stuff. Big mistake. Big mistake, because you, you'll be back. Guys, usually I know how this is going to turn out. This time, I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure. So you think you're sponge-worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge-worthy. I think I'm very sponge-worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge-worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. Is Last Action Hero sponge-worthy? For me, I'll go first here. It's on the precipice, but it's not. Well, for me, Last Action Hero is definitely sponge-worthy, but I am a bit of a slut. But still... Sponge worthy, man. For a movie like this, man, it brings me back to a time. I give it a sponge all day. Man, you're just handing them out like you like you got infinite infinite supply of sponges, man. Hey, well, maybe I know the right drugstore person or whatever. Yeah, I, I can certainly uh you know, I nominated this bad boy. I can certainly spare one here. The soup can spare one, but it's not unanimous, so unfortunately, it's not sponge worthy. You gotta be unanimous. It's time to give a grade to Last Action Hero. We're grading this on a scale of 1 to 10 magic, magic tickets, magic mills. It's time to put your tickets where your magic mouth is. Last time I did that, I was in jail for the weekend because they didn't uh, start court again until Monday. Uh, how about 7.9 golden tickets? I enjoyed it. I know it's not a top-tier film, but there's a lot here that I like, so I'm definitely, I would say, you know, over the, the average here, 7.9 golden tickets. Jamie G. I'm going to second that. No, 7.9 golden tickets. Oh, come on, man. Seriously? I got to. You did what I was going to do. I don't want to go. All eight. right. Fair, fair, fair. And I don't want to go seven, eight. It's, you, you nailed it. Mark it eight, dude. It's a, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a compliment. You can mark it eight, Soup. Mark it eight, dude. Man, you know what? I'm not marking it eight. I'm giving this one. I'm giving this one 8.7, man, on uh, Golden Tickets. I like this movie probably more than most people do, but whatever. Word. That brings us to... We're trying to get to a movie. You better get going. You don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I told oh. you! I told you! I don't want to miss that! What the hell are we going to do next time? What are we doing with our lives here? Whose pitch will win? It's repitch time. Let's find out right here, right now. We've all got to go with something we've pitched before. This is a re-pitch episode. You guys are in for a treat. So we're going to pitch something that didn't win that we previously pitched. You can't vote for your own pitch. And if we have a three-way tie, we spin the giant wheel in the sky. Soup, you're up first here, then Mills. And then finally, myself, Jamie G, Esquire, the fifth. Soup Deuce, let it rip. You know, you know what's crazy, man, is uh, these repitches, man, it's like you really want to fucking throw a fucking zinger out there, right? Because you've already done it once. So you're going to bust it out again. It's got to be fucking, you know, bigger and better. So I'm going to go even crazier and bring that up another notch. And I'm going to three pitch a motherfucker. And I'm going with Snatch again one more time to try and get this fucker out there, man. Snatch is a fucking awesome movie. It's got a great fucking cast. It's quotable as fuck, and we would have a great time fucking breaking this one down, man. So I'm going all in. I'm three-pitching fucking Snatch, dude. Three times the charm. Sometimes you got to fucking three-pitch a Snatch, dude. Wow. All right, man. Snatch it is. That takes us to Magna Mills.
Oh, boy, man. He just three-pitch snatch. I mean, how can you pass up three-pitch snatch? It's like a seven-fish <laughs> meal. You cannot explain <laughs> how complex it is, and you should also watch the Bear Season 2. Um, <laughs> dude, I could go a lot of ways with this, but you know what? You kind of want to tie it back, right? There needs to be a connection. You need to build up the excitement and say, all right, you know, I want to connect this a little bit. So how about we go with the guy, Professor Toro Tanaka. That's Benedict's henchman here. He happens to be in a movie with Jim Brown, RIP Jim Brown, Jesse Ventura, God forbid fucking Damon Killian, him fucking self, the man, Richard Dawson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I am going with the running man, a fucking Richard Bachman, Stephen King, John, brought to you by ICS. It is fucking murder. It is awesome. It is the goddamn running man. We're having fun doing Arnold this week. Let's fucking double down, dude. Because you know what I do when I'm having fun? I keep going. I have more fun. Jamie G. Guys, speaking of fun, I you know I was gonna go with with one of my other joints here and keep it on the action theme, but I'm going fun. I'm going all about the thumb with the fun. I'm going comedy, guys, and I'm going with a classic here with David Spade, Lauren Lapkus best role she's ever done she's absolutely fucking incredible this is hilarious neither of you two have seen it you absolutely must it's way up there on the list of funny movies the fact they haven't watched it is a goddamn tragedy it's more than it's a travesty okay i'm talking about the wrong missy you cannot get this one wrong you have to be right and go with the wrong missy hilarious movie it's an hour 30 it's a fun watch we would have a ton of 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 good time discussing this and it's something that you guys haven't seen before which you should it's it's way up there now that we've pitched mills remind us who pitched what and what order we're voting in and just for those listening you can't vote for your own pitch first up soup deucer dominated snatch the three snatch the tri snatch the one snatch to rule them all. I nominated the running man and Jamie G nominated the wrong Missy. He needs some more of his boy, Rob Schneider in his life. And we vote in the reverse of the order in which we nominated. So Jamie G will vote first, followed by myself. And then the subducer is potentially the decider. And again, you cannot vote for your own pitch. Jamie G. Man, this is tough. I, I'm going to, um, I really like both these movies. Snatch is an, like just an all-time classic. Great, great, great movie. But I've been, wa- I've been looking for an excuse to watch The Running Man. I don't actually remember it. It, I, it, I've only ever seen it like once or twice. And once I was really young, I don't remember it. The other time, I think it was like post-college party and I'm like browning out, possibly blacking out, falling asleep. Did not remember it. I'm looking for a reason. Here it is. I got to go running, man. Sorry, Sue. Great pitch on Snatch. I like the three Snatch. Um, I'm all about the tri-Snatch, dude, but maybe it'll win on the four Snatch. But I, I got to go. I got to go. Maybe it wins today, but I got to go. I got to go running, man. JBG, I really appreciate you pitching something that you know we haven't seen. 
But goddamn, fucking Boris the Blade and shit. Fucking uh, Frankie fucking Forfeit. Dude, Snatch would just be so much fun to talk about. And I know it would be fun to talk about. So it doesn't require me to take that leap. So I got to go with the three Snatch, dude. I mean, the Tri Snatch. It's like, uh, you know, I've been playing a Zelda game. You're throwing up the Triforce, dude. Tri Snatch. Soup. Wow. That brings us to Soup Deuce, dude. Big decision here for you, buddy. You can't go Snatch. He knows what he wants to vote for and then what he should do. Yeah, man. I mean, I can go one or two ways here, man. I, 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 I can just vote for running, man. So I guess I'll just vote for running, man, man. I have no problem watching that one. It's always a good one. What the hell do you guys got against David Spade and, and, and Happy Madison Productions, dude? Like, what, what's, what's, what, what is with it? That you could have pitched, like, that's not the best movie you could pitch from that stable, though. But it was it was all Grandma's boy. If you want to do that, just pitch Grandma's boy, dude. You guys got to see. You guys are underselling Ron Missy. I'm telling you, that's fair enough. I, it'll be on the eye hole. It, it's made the eye holes list. Like I'm happy we're doing Running Man, but you guys are sleeping on the wrong Missy. I'm just telling you that. All right, I appreciate that you're standing up for it on the soapbox. So I will definitely at least uh, aim check it out. So next time we come to a repitch, then maybe I'll have more context and. Uh, you know, even though it's not the first time, I might be more inclined to agree. I got to see it to believe it. You know what I mean? Tried to get you there. Guys, thank you for watching and or listening. You heard it here. We're excited. We got another one coming up soon. Make sure you're following us, okay? And more importantly, if you got something that you want us to check out, you think it's worthy, if it gets your sponge, let us know. We'll check it out. Maybe we'll even break it down right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. You absolutely can't do that unless you hit the flaps. You have to follow, like, and please subscribe. Mills will tell you just do one of them. I say do all of them, baby. Go big or go home. Mills, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, JVG is also a big guy in the reoccurring donations thing where you have to like uncheck the box. We do not believe in pre-checking the box. We just thank you for not blocking the box and opening yourself up to checking out regular dudes watch stuff again, wherever your pods on YouTube, on social media at dudes watch stuff. Thank you very much for checking us out. And again, those flaps are important because you can't land the plane without them and people can't find our show unless you do it. Thank you guys again for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll be back next week to cover The Running Man, another Arnold joint. Excited about it. I'll be back.